The Cardinals are far from full force with so many key players off at the World Baseball Classic, but it is giving us a chance to watch some other guys step up in their absence. And today, we're going to talk about a few of them that are standing out on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked on Cardinals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. You can also follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Also on YouTube, if you want to join us there, be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit that notification bell so you know when the new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Now, we knew coming into the spring that we had quite a few Cardinals that would be leaving for the World Baseball Classic. The Cardinals organization had the most players in all of Major League Baseball uh, that were going to the WBC. 19, I think, was the starting number. I think it dropped down to 17. I know Yvonne Herrera didn't go, so that was one that, that came off the list, but I think there was another one. But either way, you've got, you know, off your main squad, off your off your. Major League roster, Goldie, Arenado, Wainwright, Michaelis on Team USA, Tommy Edmond on South Korea, Lars Newbar is on Team Japan and becoming best friends with Shohei Otani, might I add. Those two guys are getting awfully close, and I love it because if they can somehow have Lars Newbar, secret agent Lars Newbar, pull Shohei Otani into St. Louis, oh my goodness, wouldn't that be something? Uh, but yeah, they, it reminds me a lot of their um, relationship, the movie Step Brothers with, with Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Like they just seem to be very playful together and just get along great. I, I'm loving it. Uh, Tyler O'Neill, he's on Team Canada. Andre Palante is on Italy. Giovanni Gallegos and Jojo Romero on Team Mexico. Genesis Cabrera is on the Dominican Republic and so forth. So um, a lot of guys are missing. The you would normally see during the spring. And this is allowing a lot of guys who probably weren't going to get as much playing time, a chance to take more at bats, to throw more innings. And as much as I wish we would get to see our full Cardinal lineup together in these spring games, I've really been enjoying the fact that I get to watch some of the young guys that maybe I'm not as familiar with, you know, guys that were playing in a ball and double a last year, even triple a. It's not like I'm, I'm watching Memphis play ball. You know, I, I'm not out there scouting. My, my focus is on the major league team. So it's, it's fun to get to see some of these guys that, you know, we heard about, we saw highlights of, we saw stats from last year, but doing it on TV or listening to the broadcast of uh, things that they're doing, I've been enjoying it this spring, and I'm not so much worried about the wins or losses. The Cardinals have been winning more than they've been losing, but I just love seeing some of these guys performing. And a few of them have caught my eye and have been standing out to me. Obviously, the big fish is Jordan Walker. Everything he's been doing this spring has been crazy, right? You know, let's take you back to Wednesday's game against the Yankees where Walker went two for four with an RBI. 
Uh, his first hit, he got off one of the top right-handers in all of baseball, Garrett Cole. He ripped a first-pitch liner into left field on a 96-mile-an-hour fastball up and in, was able to pull it, uh, turned on it, rips it into left field, 102.6 off the bat. 20-year-old kid just ripping Garrett Cole. No big deal. Uh, and then because he's Superman and pretty much can do anything he wants out there on the diamond, he decides he wants to steal second base for his first swipe of the spring. His next at bat, he comes up with runners on first and third and two outs, and as impressive as it was to pull that first pitch on Garrett Cole, uh, this at bat was even more impressive. It wasn't off Garrett Cole, but it still falls behind 0-2 in the count. He fouls off a couple, and then he doesn't do what a lot of young hitters would probably try to do. And that's do too much. Try to pull the ball or swing for the fences, trying to impress people. Instead, um, like a 10-year vet, he takes what the pitcher gives him and he just drops a nice little floating line drive into right center field and gets an RBI single. Doesn't try to crush anything, just puts it out there. Very simple looking, not hit all that hard, but he didn't have to. He fought off a good fastball, dumps it into the outfield, Productive at bat gets the gets the run in with two outs and behind in the count. Uh, Walker is now hitting 429 this spring. He's 12 for 28. He's got three doubles, three home runs, seven RBIs, and six runs scored. Now, one thing that is a little bit odd, he hasn't walked yet. He has not taken a walk a walk yet. He has struck out five times, but I whatever. I don't care about that so much. But not a walk, not one. So pitchers are at least throwing to him. Uh, the games that I've been able to watch, it's not like I've seen him chasing a lot of pitches outside the zone and he's just, you know, swinging at everything that's up there. That That's not what I've noticed that he's been doing. Um, just hasn't taken a walk yet. Uh, his OPS is at 1.286 and people around the league, they're starting to take notice of the big guy. 6'6", 250, 20-year-old. The broadcast uh, uh, for that game against the Yankees, they actually had uh, Yankees manager Aaron Boone on the headset at the time during... Uh, Walker's a bat when he got that RBI hit and he spoke about how good Walker looked and how good his numbers have been and that he's somebody that, you know, that, that people are talking about around the spring training complexes. Uh, after the game, Garrett Cole was quoted by MLB.com's John Denton saying, I thought he put a good swing on it. Good adjustment from the first at bat. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I had no idea who he was, which I find to be a little bit odd. I feel like that even in a spring training game that Garrett Cole would get with his catcher and you know just take a glance at the lineup to see who they were facing. But okay, that's that's not what he did, I guess. Uh, Cole did talk about the added bat uh, a little bit further, saying it was a good swing and it was a good pitch because it was a borderline ball. I think I threw him three fastballs in the first at bat, and the third one really got in on him. He came out really ready to protect that part of the zone in the second at bat, and he put a good swing on it. One of the better swings of the day for sure. And this is on a day where Garrett Cole was almost unhittable, almost unhittable. Struck out seven of the 12 hitters that he faced, allowed just two hits. He walked none in three and a third innings. So when Garrett Cole, who I, I don't see a lot of interviews of, of Garrett Cole, you know, I don't follow the Yankees all that closely, but he just doesn't seem like a guy who just throws out compliments to people. You know, it doesn't, he doesn't seem like a guy that talks about the opponent all that much, just, you know, focuses on himself and his team and his teammates probably more than he talks about anything good the other guys are doing. But to hear him talk about that at bat and, you know, give Jordan Walker some credit, 
I'll take it, man. Any compliment from Cole shouldn't be taken lightly. But Walker isn't the only one who shined on Wednesday. Starting pitcher Jake Woodford was impressive again. He goes toe-to-toe against Cole. Now, Woodford's not the strikeout guy. That's not what he does, that Cole does. You know, Cole's blasting fastballs past people. But Woodford, still out there throwing shutout innings, threw four of them on his own, allowed just three hits, one walk, struck out one. And that kind of set the tone as the Cardinals go on to shut out the Yankees on Wednesday, four to nothing. Uh, Rule five guy, Wilking Rodriguez, got a clean ending with a strikeout. Zach Thompson, how impressive has Zach Thompson been? Continues to shine, another clean inning, and two more strikeouts. Uh, Rodriguez has now made four appearances, four uh, innings, one run, had the solo home run that he gave up in his first appearance, three hits, three strikeouts, and no walks. As for Thompson, his spring so far, four appearances, four innings, no runs, two hits, one walk, five strikeouts. Zach Thompson is looking more and more like the number one left-handed option out of the Cardinals' bullpen. The more I see him pitch, I have no reason to believe that anybody else is better than him right now. We're not seeing Hennessy Cabrera as much. Obviously, he's off at the WBC, but Jojo Romero, he's at the WBC right now. Um, who else? We have Packy Naughton, you know, hasn't really shown anything all that great. Uh, Zach Thompson's been outstanding. Uh, but back to Woodford. So far this spring, Woodford has thrown nine innings, allowed just one run. That was on a solo home run. He's given up five hits, has walked two, struck out seven. His ERA is one, and he's got a whip of 0.78. He's been great. And the question continues to be, what the hell do you do with him? That That's the problem here is he's earning a spot on the opening day roster, right? There's nothing about anything that he's done on the mound that says he doesn't belong there. And you could send him to the bullpen because you've got a full rotation. There's nowhere to put him in the rotation. So you can send him to the bullpen as a long reliever if you want to. But would it be better to have him continue to try to become a starter and go to Memphis and to you know continue on a path as part of this rotation at some point? Once again, the Cardinals don't have a lot of starting pitchers signed after this year. We've talked about that a lot. It's kind of the same conundrum that you have with another pitcher who has done well this spring, Dakota Hudson. We're going to talk more about him here in just a little bit in his start today against Nicaragua. Plus uh, another prospect who the more I watch, the more I realize why he was not traded this offseason. We're going to talk about that person and more coming up next on Locked on Cardinals. At FanDuel. You got a chance to make some money, some real money. It's the midway point of the NBA season. We're back from the All-Star break. We're wrapping up this week here. I believe this is a second week back since the All-Star break. And uh, now's the perfect time for you to download that FanDuel uh, sports app. Download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers, if you're going to be a new one, get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. You download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and it's super easy to use. You're not going to get too confused on there. It's very simple, very uh, user-friendly. And then you bet on everything from the money line to point scores and three points drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay, which is really a lot of fun. It's where you make a, a bunch of smaller bets, and as the game goes on, you continue to hit on another one and another one and another one. It gives you a chance to get more money 
at the end of the game. Your chances to win uh, a bigger amount, it increases as the game goes on. And it's a good way to make a full game more interesting than just kind of waiting around on that final score. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Dakota Hudson has been a guy that has been frustrating. Frustrating is a good word to describe Dakota Hudson. Watching him is very frustrating. Now, I've been one to cut him some slack. And for good reason, because he had an elbow injury and he's coming back from Tommy John surgery. Uh, That happened in 2020. And I know we hear story on top of story on top of story about people getting Tommy John surgery, they come back and they're they're bigger and badder than ever. You know, they're throwing the ball harder. You're going to hear about those stories, but it doesn't always happen that way. Okay? It happens a lot, but it doesn't always happen that way. Not everyone recovers at the same pace. And following his surgery, uh, Dakota Hudson was back on the mound for the Cardinals fairly quickly. Came back almost exactly one year later and was pitching for the Cardinals. And the one word that comes up when I think of Dakota Hudson is consistency. Consistency is the problem with Dakota Hudson. He's proven that he has an excellent sinker. We've seen it do wondrous things. It can be a weapon, but he's got trouble throwing strikes consistently. And that's where he gets himself into trouble. It's not so much that guys are hitting him that hard. The problem is, is that he walks one or two guys and then he gives up a hit And that starts the carousel, and that is the downward spiral that is Dakota Hudson when he has a bad outing, because he doesn't always have bad outings. So that's the issue we got to get through. And and this has been an issue before he even had the injury. Heck, in 2019, he led the major leagues, not the Cardinals, the major leagues in walks when he had 86 and 174 and two-thirds innings. That's a walks per nine, uh, 4.43. That's bad. That's not good. Last year, he was tied for eighth with 61 walks and 139.2 innings. His walks per nine, 3.93. Again, that's bad. Now, he didn't have enough innings to qualify for the league leader in walks per nine. Uh, That particular player, as far as qualified players went, was Dylan Cease, who had a great year with the White Sox, but his walks per nine, 3.82. So Hudson was worse than Dylan Cease, who led the league. Uh, here's the other thing though. Dylan Cease also threw 41 more innings and also had a strikeouts per nine over 11. So yeah, he might've walked a few guys, but he was also striking out a ton of guys where Hudson's strikeouts per nine was a meager 5.03. That's not his game. And this spring Dakota Hudson's had the same issues, same stuff walks. That's the problem. But so far this spring, he's been able to pitch his way out of these issues and his numbers don't look that bad. Now, his first appearance, he goes two winnings against Miami. He throws two shutout innings, no walks, which is awesome. So he has a clean game there. Then he faces Miami again, and here he's a little bit wild. He throws three innings. He does walk a couple. He hits a guy, gives up five hits. One of those was a home run, but that was the only run he gave up. He ends up pitching around these problems. And with that sinker ball, he's able to get the double plays, and that eliminates the walks that he's putting out there on the bases, which is great. But wouldn't it be better if you didn't have anybody out there in the first place and just got a ground ball where they could just throw it to first? That's more ideal. Uh, Thursday, he starts against Nicaragua, and again, 
the walks are there. He has three of them, but he gives up just two hits. He strikes out two and throws four shutout innings. Now, if you keep walking, dudes, eventually it will bite you in the butt. It will happen. So I don't think what he's doing is sustainable. Eventually, it's going to implode on him. But like Woodford, Hudson has done enough so far to make this roster. And he seems like a guy who can also do the long relief and be that sub-starter. Most people had him penciled in as kind of like the number six starter behind your top five. But um, I feel like if if he could be trusted to throw strikes all the time, he'd be a great guy to bring in when you're looking for that ground ball and you need a double play to get you out of a pinch. Like he'd be an ideal guy. But I, I just don't know if you can trust him in that role because if he comes out and he's wild, then he's taking what, uh, you know, say you got a runner on first and you're just trying to get a double play to get out of the inning. He walks a guy, gives up a single, and all of a sudden, <sighs> inning is a mess and you can't have that and right now personally i I don't trust dakota hudson to do that so you got to figure out (laughs) what are you gonna do with this guy until he stops walking guys i don't know what you do with him and i honestly have no clue i have no clue what ollie and management are going to decide when it comes to this bullpen i mean there's a lot of guys who deserve to be on this team but then you've got some guys who are going to make it no matter what. And they haven't had good spring so far. Guys like Jordan Hicks. He comes to mind. Had another ugly inning on Thursday. Wasn't all his fault. But it was still ugly. Chris Stratton. He's had his struggles this year. But he ain't going nowhere. He just signed him to a $2.8 million contract. Back in November. So he's on the team. The bullpen decisions are going to be. Very interesting to say the least. Because. There's probably going to get be some guys who are sent down and they're going to be like, uh, he looked pretty good. Why is he going to Memphis? Why is he not helping the big club? You've just got so many guys. You got a lot of talent on this team. Uh, speaking of talent, a guy I can't get enough of uh, this spring, whose name isn't Jordan Walker, is the Cardinals' number two prospect, Mr. Mason Wynn. And uh, I want to talk more about him next here on Locked on Cardinals because I'm loving this dude. Mason Wynn has been ultra impressive this spring. This kid is an absolute treat to watch. And now I kind of hate myself. I kind of hate myself for even suggesting (laughs) that they should trade him in the offseason. Again, I hadn't seen him play yet, but I saw his numbers. I saw he was a double A shortstop and was a guy that was converted from a pitcher to be a shortstop and we weren't sure if he was going to have the time we knew we had athletic ability and whatnot but we didn't know how good he was going to be he was still kind of a project so this offseason i was like i would put him into a trade to go get sean murphy if that's the route they decided to go they decided no we're not going to do that we pay wilson Contreras instead so mason Wynn sticks with the team and Now, don't get me wrong. If we were going to trade for, uh, you know, an elite superstar starting pitcher, I might still trade him. But as of right now, all I want to do is see him play infield for the Cardinals all day, every day, because I can't get enough of him. I'm so impressed by everything he does. He's got a star quality about him. He exudes confidence. He's been productive at the plate. He looks dangerous at the plate. He doesn't look like somebody who's just trying to, hopefully put the bat on the ball. He looks like he's up there to attack the ball. 
He's been flying around the base paths, uh, been nothing short of stellar in the field. I, I can't get enough of him. Like, I want to see him play every day. I, I really enjoy it. And it, it's had some people online wondering, questioning whether or not he has a legitimate chance to actually make this team out of spring training. And my answer to that is no. Barring any injuries, no. And it's not because he's done anything wrong. Heck, he's hardly done anything wrong. He's done pretty much everything right this whole spring. But it's a numbers game. It's a numbers game on this infield that is the issue. And it's the number of games that he will be playing in if he was on the Major League roster. How many at-bats he'd be getting if he were on the team. That's the problem. Because your infield right now, you've got Nolan Arenado and Goldie at the corners. You've got Edmund and Donovan. Both of these guys have won gold gloves up the middle. Donovan thinks he's Mark McGuire all of a sudden. He just hit his uh, third home run of the spring on Wednesday. So you got those two guys up the middle. And then your backup infielders are Nolan Gorman, who's one of your top prospects and has had an outstanding spring so far, hitting and fielding. He's looked really, really good at second base and when he's filled in over at third base. And then you've got Paul DeYoung. And I know people want to barf when they think of Paul DeYoung on this team again. A lot of people don't want him on the team. And I understand why he gets as much venom as he does. I get it. But it doesn't appear the Cardinals feel the same way. It appears that they are going to have him on this roster. Despite going over three with two strikeouts against Nicaragua, uh, he's hitting, and those numbers, by the way, don't count towards his spring training stats. So this is an exhibition game against Nicaragua, but the rest of the spring, he's hitting 222. I still think they're going to keep him. And here's the reason why because he's not going to play that much, but he's kind of a necessity as a defensive replacement. Might get a couple of bats a week. That's about it. But you have to have a certain type of guy who's willing to be a bench player. Paul DeYoung's making a, a good chunk of change this year. We know that. And he doesn't have any choice. Like, he's got to be the bench player. And he hasn't complained since losing his starting job. He hasn't been very good. We know that. But... As a bench guy, you could do a lot worse than Paul DeYoung. And even though Wynn is destroying him in every single category this spring, you can't keep Wynn on this roster to fill that role that Paul DeYoung is going to do. You just can't. Wynn needs to play, and he needs to play a lot. And that's why he's more than likely headed to Memphis to begin the year. And then we'll see what happens after that. I mean, heaven forbid an injury occurs to Tommy Edmond or Brendan Donovan. But if it does, if it does, and when is just wreaking havoc at AAA, just shredding it, then maybe he comes up. But you'd be wasting his talents and stunting his growth as a player if you stick him on the bench and that's what his role is. Like, it wouldn't make any sense. The same goes for Walker. I, I've said that before, too. But the thing with Walker is there's more opportunities for him to play out in the outfield in the outfield rotation with O'Neal and Carlson and, and Newbar. Like he's the number four right now. Like I, I would put him ahead of Juan Yepes. Like as of right now, Jordan Walker's on this team, in my opinion. And you can rotate these guys in the outfield. Like all three of those other guys besides Walker can play all three outfield positions. Newbar's playing center field for Team Japan right now. 
you know, O'Neill can do it. He's been doing it for team Canada. And then Carlson can do it for the car. Like they, they can do that. Walker can play left and right. You've got the DH that he can play at as well. And with when there's just not an opportunity to get him in on the infield. Now I did find it interesting that they had him at second base against Nicaragua. And he looked good over there, had the one play where, you know, he went over and made a really nice play to his left. And then instead of just like whipping the ball over to first base, he kind of took her easy because, you know, he feels like he's really close because he's at second instead of short. And uh, the the just no sense of urgency as far as the throw was. And the runner beat it out of first base. And you could tell he was upset at himself about it, which I dig. I liked it. He was like, oh, stupid. Like he's learning. And I love that, but he looked just fine over at second base today. And uh, obviously we'd prefer him at shortstop because of that arm, because you can use that arm and it becomes a bigger asset over at shortstop than it does at second base. But could I see a day where it's Mason went at shortstop, Tommy Edmond at second, Brennan Donovan playing a utility role, whether he's filling in at third or first or outfield, wherever you want to put Brennan Donovan. And then you got Gorman DHing. Sure. Sure, I could see that, but I don't think that's how this season starts. I don't think that's the way they break camp with something like that set up. I mean, I didn't foresee the Cardinals having issues with their outfield last year either when it looked like you just had gold glovers everywhere and the future stars and everything was fine and dandy, and then all of a sudden you get injuries, and then there's the trade that kind of flip things upside down. So things change. Things do change. Uh, when was one for four against Nicaragua? But is, uh, again, the stats from today, they don't count for their spring training stats because it was an exhibition. But uh, so far in the spring, not counting today, hitting 389 as the one home run that was a 435-footer. Uh, five runs scored, two RBIs, three stolen bases, which I love. I love having that added base-stealing aspect to somebody's game. Like, I feel like we need more of that on this Cardinals roster. It can't just be Edmund and O'Neill. Like, I want more. Defensively, he's made all sorts of great plays, over-the-shoulder catches, great double play turns. The arm has lived up to expectations. He's been fantastic. But even if the Cardinals cut, trade, or do whatever they got to do to get rid of DeYoung, whatever, whatever they do, he's, he's gone. You still don't have a place for him to start with Edmund, Donovan, and Gorman already ahead of him. He'd just be a bench player. And that I, that's just a waste. It's a waste. Uh, other things from the game against Nicaragua that stood out. Closer Ryan Helsley strikes out three hitters in his lone inning of work. Team Kents, another guy to keep an eye on, keeps rolling along with another shutout inning. Drew Verhagen, healthy Drew Verhagen, two strikeouts and one shutout inning. On the bad side, I, I kind of mentioned Jordan Hicks, two-thirds of an inning, three runs. Only one of those was earned. Uh, on one hit, two walks, no strikeouts, the walks again. And he did seem to be getting squeezed by the ump today. There was a couple of calls that, I, you know, you could see Jordan was like, seriously? And he, I, I was, the crowd was like, what? It was a couple, of, uh, maybe even three times. There were pitches that could have gone both ways that he just didn't get the call. Uh, then he had that double play ball that got botched on the throwing error. Uh, but Hicks hasn't looked great by any means so far this spring, but there is still plenty of spring left to get straightened out. But I was hoping for better results today, but I'm not going to lose my mind about it yet. It's just, I need to, I'm hoping Jordan Hicks can turn the corner here soon. Um, how about the WBC guys? How have they been so far? I'm glad you asked because uh, 
Goldschmidt hit a home run on Wednesday night, and then on Thursday, Nolan Arenado hits a grand slam. So they seem to be fitting in just fine with Team USA. Uh, Michaelis on Wednesday had a little trouble early on, but then settled in and was fine after that. Uh, Newt Bar's been hitting leadoff for Team Japan. He went two for four with two walks and two runs scored on Thursday. Plus, he had a uh, sliding catch in center field behind his new best friend, Shohei Otani. Uh, Tyler O'Neill one for two with a walk for Team Canada. Andre Palante threw two shutout innings against Cuba. So uh, Cardinals players, when they are playing for their teams, doing pretty good. Tommy Edmonds batting leadoff for Korea right now. Um, they're important pieces to, to their particular WBC team. So uh, all these games uh, are meaning something now. And Team USA Saturday will have their first real game. And uh, Adam Wainwright set to start that one. So look forward to watching it. All right, thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen. Now for your second listen, checked out, check out Locked on Fantasy Baseball. You want to win your league, right? Why wouldn't you? Why else would you be participating in fantasy baseball if you didn't want to win? So listen to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Uh, they do the uh, mock draft Mondays, which is always fun to listen to, to see how uh, different mocks change and you know where they would be taking guys. So uh, interesting stuff to listen to if you like fantasy baseball. You can find Locked on Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day once again give us a follow on twitter at lo underscore cardinals and at jd sports radio like and subscribe on youtube you are the best fans in baseball for a reason and i'll see you next time on locked on cardinals 